Did you know that within a decade, women will hold $30 trillion in investable assets? Yet somehow, only 19% of women reported feeling confident in selecting investments that align with their long-term goals. Our friends at InvestHer are out to change that. InvestHerCon is the number one premier conference for women in real estate, and it's happening June 2nd through the 4th in Austin, Texas. InvestHerCon is not just another real estate conference. It's a transformational experience focused on real estate investing, business strategies, and self-care tactics, all designed to help women take control of their financial futures. Gain the knowledge and skills you need to grow your portfolio and build a sustainable business, all while connecting with over 500 women who are playing at the same level. To learn more and to get your tickets, visit InvestHerCon.com today and use the code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. That's InvestHer, H-E-R, Con.com, promo code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. Are you ready for the best real estate investing advice ever? Join Joe Fairless and today's best ever guests as they share it with you. It's the best ever advice with none of the fluff. Let's go. Heard of crowdfunding and still curious about how you can benefit from it? Well, we've got a step-by-step guide put together just for you by the best ever team and patch of land, the industry's leading crowdfunding experts. The best crowdfunding crash course ever, episodes 152, 159, 166, and 173 will provide you all you need to know to get started and begin benefiting immediately. Whether it's getting access to funds for your project or passively investing in other people's deals. The time is now to get started with Patch of Land. Go to patchofland.com forward slash best ever to grab your copy of the top 10 answers to the top 10 crowdfunding questions. That's P-A-T-C-H-O-F-L-E-N-D.com forward slash best ever. Well, hi, best ever listeners. How's it going? Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless, and I'm here with today's guest, Andrew LeBaron. Hi, Andrew. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. Thank you for joining us. Andrew is joining us from Phoenix, Arizona, where he's been doing real estate investing, um, wholesaling and wholetailing, as he calls it, uh, for about a year and a half. He's also got a full-time job as uh, in, in at a mortgage bank, um, and he's the manager there. Uh, actually, I don't even think I said that right. What what is your what is your job title, um, and wh- where are you at right now? I'm a manager or team leader at a major bank um, in the mortgage department. So servicing or uh, default, we're able to uh, manage about 17 to 20 direct reports, and uh, that's where I'm at right now. All right. Well, you said it much better than I could have said it. <laughs> Andrew's also fluent in Spanish. We decided before we started airing that we would do this interview in English, not Spanish, uh, because I can't speak Spanish. <laughs> I, you know, I, I can speak a little bit of Spanish. Whenever I went to Peru for a couple weeks uh, with my my two buddies, uh, they they uh, appointed me as the translator. And I give me another month in Peru, and I, I could have really had some some third grader conversations with some people. Um, in addition to Real estate, like I, I mentioned, best ever listeners, Andrew is uh, focused on wholesaling uh, and wholetailing. Uh, so he has uh, all all sorts of 
of of wonderful stories for us and we're excited to to have a conversation with them so with that being said andrew you want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and what you're focused on now absolutely well thank you so much first of all for having me on the show uh Prue's awesome i totally love to be there uh, i'm sure you went to machu picchu <laughs> i did yeah machu picchu iquitos and lima all three all three cities that are amazing absolutely love it awesome well, I will say this, um, how I got started I, about a year and a half, two years ago, I was renting with my wife from her uncle and he had this home in Mesa, Arizona. Well, we were there and I was looking up the market rents and I was absolutely amazed by how much he was, you know, earning off of us every month. And I thought, wait, where's this money going? You know, is this helping my credit? Is this going anywhere? It wasn't doing anything for me. So I thought, well, why can't we do that? And I found out he had about 10 homes that he was earning incomes on off of his buy and hold strategy. I talked to him a bit and he just said, well, it took me some time and you just start now with one and you just start collecting more as you go. So we decided to lose the house and move into a home. And we're actually in a duplex, which we rent out the other side. And we've been buying and selling wholesale properties along with that. So we kind of have a dual strategy. And we've been doing that for a little bit now. Okay, great. And, and so what, has, what, have, what are some things that have surprised you along the way in this process? Really just learning that um, your money can buy you equity instead of just throwing it away at rent. <laughs> I think, you know, most of the world um, purchases rent um, by, you know, putting their money towards a landlord or a property management company and they're, they're losing it when they could be paying for equity. And that equity uh, can be reused in the future with, you know, home equity line of credit or, you know, they can use that to pull out um, a loan and it's money that they're missing out on. So I've learned that money is found in many ways and equity is huge. How is your experience in your full-time job? Because you've got a really applicable full-time job um, as it relates to real estate and what you're doing as an investor. What what are some takeaways that you've, you've gotten from your full-time job as a manager at a bank in the mortgage department um, that you've been able to apply to what you're doing? Awesome. Great question. We being at Chase for almost three years now. Oh, just dropped the name of the company. That's okay. <laughs> um, the bank, about three years now, I my direct reports receive a lot of phone calls from folks who are either behind or they're not able to make their payment. Or uh, I was able to just collect a lot of uh, phone calls from folks that weren't able to stay on top. So they had to modify their loan. They had to refinance their loan. And I'm noticing rates where they started at 6%, they go to 3%. And my mind started spinning thinking, wow, these guys are getting better and better rates. They're getting better and better opportunities to um, get a mortgage. And why can't I do that? I need to do that. And I spoke to one gentleman on the phone a while ago where he said, you know, I couldn't even pay my loan. So I moved out and had my sister pay it. So... I thought he was really smart. It was ingenious. 
And now he said his income wasn't going towards his living expenses. So I thought more people need to do that. Why can't I do that? So I jumped in. Yeah. And I love just a simple approach of don't put your income towards your living expenses, put your income towards other things like whatever you, you really want to, to spend your money on or other assets. So you continue to build that portfolio, you know, the, the rich dad, poor dad model that uh, most of us know and love where you, if you want a liability, something that doesn't make you money, then you buy an asset that pays for that liability and then it pays for other liabilities that you choose to, to purchase over and over and over again. Um, let's go back to your experience as a banker in the mortgage department. You, you, you have uh, the daily exposure to interest rates because we all do, but you're working in that area on a daily basis and I imagine paying more attention to it uh, than people who are not. Um, besides interest rates, are there any other aspects of what you've been trained on or what you've learned in the mortgage department that would be helpful or was helpful for you getting financing or finding the right deals for underwriting standpoint, things like that? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I'm not in originations, but I can say that I was able to look into some underwriting guidelines, for example, how many points needed to be paid at closing or well, what kind of debt to income ratio the bank I work for looks for. Um, I was able to especially see where the consumer would have skin in the game or have money in into the loan, how much they would need to have down, what the LTV our bank looks for. Um, and then I was able to compare with other banks. Uh, I was able to compare with smaller credit unions which are a little bit more forgiving. Uh, the bank I work for is not. <laughs> um, I would have to say that they, the bank I work for has high expectations for consumers, especially when you want to either pull home equity line of credit or a mortgage loan. But yeah, I was able to see that and compare and then decide which bank I wanted to go with or um, who I wanted to approach when I wanted to uh, get a get a mortgage, a 30-year amortized mortgage. So yeah. What are some of the ranges? You mentioned points at closing, debt to income ratio. You mentioned loan to value. So how much does uh, the the consumer, uh, the, the borrower have in the property? Uh, so let's go through each of those three. And, and if you can give us a range, that would be really helpful. So points at closing, um, how many points uh, at closing were you looking at? Well, with the company I work for, it could be from two to five points or more. Um, it, it could be pretty expensive. Uh, also, we're we're looking at your credit. So if your credit is not up to par, then you'd be paying a little bit more. Um, that's obviously the same for any lender. Of course, when you have a corporation uh, or a big bank, it's not there's not a whole lot of forgiveness. If you don't follow the exact guidelines, then um, it's a no. Underwriting rejects you and you you move on and you could probably try again later. Um, I know for you know smaller institutions, it's I mean they could be more forgiving. They'll pass you for um, I don't know some of the different um, things that you might not have. For example, if you have a lower credit score and you're looking for an FHA and it's below 680, then They'll work with you. I know with larger banks, no. It's going to be, I'm sorry, you don't, you don't fit. You're not in the cookie cutter and try again later. 
And can you explain what a point is in case a best ever listener just wants clarification? Sure. A point at closing is almost like you could say a percent. So let's say the house is $100,000 of a loan. It's $100,000 that you're seeking. Then that'd be $1,000. So a point at closing would be to the lender or to the financial institution, which is $1,000 due to the lender. So in, in the scenario that you're talking about where it's two to five points, $100,000 house would be two to $5,000 worth of fees just for the origination. That's correct. What about DTI, debt-to-income ratio? What, what are the ranges that you've seen um, at different banks? You know what? That is more of an originations question as I'm in servicing. Um, I, I can just tell you from my experience that with the bank that I work for, um, it's, it's less forgiving. I can't even give you an actual percentage. Um, I know I, I went in with a smaller financial institution that was a lot more forgiving for others that have student loans. But for the, the bank that I actually work for, uh, they kind of look at student loans and say, oh, I know it's a student loan, but we're still not going to uh, approve you for your $150,000 home. We'll do $120,000. So uh, with a debt-to-income ratio, I don't have an actual number um, because that is originations, but I, I know that it is a little bit more difficult with the bank that I work for, as opposed to the smaller banks or financial institutions. And what about loan to value? Loan to value ratio. Okay, well, um, for us, if it's FHA, which is obviously, um, I would say the smartest path to go down since January's FHA's cut of the mortgage insurance premium by about 40%, it's going to be around 97.5%. So your loan to value ratio could be about 97.5 or 96.5, excuse me, and you you carry the rest. Um, Of course, that's a government-backed program. And um, due to the new change that uh, our president announced in January, your monthly um, MIP or mortgage insurance premium is a lot less. So uh, it's actually very advantageous. And I, I urge most people to do this, to purchase a multifamily property as their first investment, live in one side, rent out the other or the other three, one to four units, and enjoy the benefits of that brand new, very low monthly payment due to that cut in MIP. So the FHA mortgage insurance premium, they're not paying a whole lot, but they're still reaping a lot of their benefits from the income or the net operating income. If you stay in that for, how long do you have to live in it? For a year before you can move out? That's correct. One year and then you're able to move out and you rent out both sides or all four units or whatever you moved into. And are you able to have multiple FHA loans or can you only have just that one? Awesome question. I love it. So yes, you can have two FHA loans. Um, as far as I'm concerned and as far as I um, researched it, if two things were to occur, you're able to pull another FHA loan. One of them is a drastic change in job location. So let's say I work in Phoenix and then boom, immediately I work in Wickenburg. And that's my bread and butter coming in every day. And that's my only job. Or number two, a drastic change in your family count. So let's say we have another baby, which is funny because we just we were pregnant with our number two. I did call my lender. Um, <laughs> if, you, if you do have um, a change in your family count, 
some lenders will still, and he's still looking at this for me, you'll, you'll still need to have an LTV of 75%. So you need to bring it down to 75% before you can even get another home, no matter if you have, you know, another one or two kids, you know, but there's only two reasons why you can get two FHA loans as far as I'm concerned. And that's one, you have a drastic change in location of your job or two, a change in your family count, which you overgrow the house. Why would you have a, why would you do an FHA loan uh, if you have to do 25% down and it's only 75% loan to value? I would just do the 3.5% down. What would be the reason why you do an FHA loan if you have to do 75% loan to value or did I misunderstand you? No, you said it right. So if you have a baby and you outgrow the house you're in on an FHA loan, your lender's not going to say, okay, well, I guess you can get another FHA loan now. No, some lenders will say you need to have an LTV of this current home of 75% before you purchase another home FHA, even though you're before your year mark. Got it. So you have to have 75, you have to have 75% loan to value on your first one before you can get your second one at uh, the the 96.5%. That's correct. Got it. I understand now. Makes sense. All right, my friend. Are you, What is your best real estate investing advice ever? I'd have to say get a mentor. Can you elaborate on that? Yep. I, a year and a half ago, I decided to jump in. I saw a website called biggerpockets.com and I listened to all the podcasts and I thought I knew it all and I was ready to go. So I started bird dogging and I wasn't too successful because I didn't really know where I was going, what I was doing or what home values were. So I nagged and nagged this guy named Mike Fish, who was really good at what he did. And he assisted me in knowing home values, um, who cash buyers were. And he um, helped me close a lot of bird dog deals. So we were able to do that. Now he's my partner full time. We flip one to two homes a month. You ready for the best ever lightning round? I am. All right, first, a quick word from our best ever partners. Crowdfunding, you've heard about it, and now it's time to learn about it. Our best ever sponsor, Patch of Land, is a leading expert in the crowdfunding space, and they've got all the answers to your crowdfunding questions. Go to patchofland.com forward slash best ever and grab your copy of the top 10 answers to the top 10 crowdfunding questions. That's P-A-T-C-H-O-F-L-E-N-D.com forward slash best ever. What's the best ever book you've read? Best ever book I read is actually a religious book, the Book of Mormon. But the best ever business book I read is 10X by Grant Cardone. Love it. What'd you pick up from Grant's book? 10X, he has a chapter, I think it was chapter three or chapter four, where he says, lose of entitlement. You know, everyone that, uh, everything you do is because of you. Um, and then he states, don't be the victim. Don't be the person that says, Things happen to you. Things happen because of you. So now with that new mindset, I'm able to wake up every day and say, I'm going to make things happen. Things don't happen to me. Love it. Best ever listeners, episode 190, I interviewed Grant. The title of it's called Using a Video LOI to Win the, win a Deal that Netted $20 Million. You'll definitely want to go check out my conversation with Grant, episode 190, if you haven't already. Best ever personal growth experience and what did you learn from it? I'd have to say my two years in Chile when I lived in the bottom of the world. Um, I learned obviously a different language, but I learned that I can 
I communicate with many people without being so scared to do so, which helps me in real estate today. I'm able to knock on doors now. Um, Chile, my mission in Chile really pushed me to open my mouth and especially when it wasn't popular or um, when it could have been difficult, especially not knowing how to speak their language fully. Now I have no care, or excuse me, I have no fear to walk up to anyone on the street and just open my mouth and talk to them. And just quickly, you meant, I mentioned wholetailing before. What is wholetailing, just for in case best ever listeners are curious about that? Sure, I stole that from Michael Quarles. <laughs> he has a, he's an investor as well. Um, basically, it's where you put under contract a property that is pretty dilapidated, a flip property, and then you rehab it, get your contractor out, get it done, and then you sell it for retail price. So you purchase at a wholesale price and then sell at a retail price. Best ever success habit you practice? I wake up early. Um, I'm probably awake at around 4.30, 5 o'clock every morning, uh, meditate, eat, work out, and my day gets a lot better from there. Best ever deal you've done? Best ever deal I've done would have to be the Becker deal. And it's also the biggest mistake I've made. So I'll hit two birds with one stone with this one. Um, we bought a home that I did not check if it was septic or sewer. Uh, we just thought it was a great deal at 110 and we sold for almost 150 is about 147,000 and the rehab was only 5,000. And as far as the mistake, you want to elaborate on the, the kind of the due diligence part that you just mentioned? Absolutely. So we purchased this property at 110 thinking it was a shot. It, It was the cherry deal. Then we find out that the septic doesn't work. We had an FHA buyer and the FHA FHA inspector was stating, hey, you got chipped paint, you got this. I said, we can take care of that. And he said, you got to fix the fascia fascia on the roof. I said, I got that. Then he said, by the way, this is a septic and it's broken. And our state won't allow you to fix a septic tank for a certain amount of reasons, unless it's near this or within 100 feet of the sewer line, which it wasn't. So we had to actually tie it into the sewer line through mountain block, which would have cost $30,000 because we'd have to get a tractor, a permit, and it'd have to go over 200 feet to the sewer line. So I was thinking, no, what did I do? So we actually fixed it with um, this guy we found up on the mountain, Sholo, Arizona. He just came over for 500 bucks and fixed this up to 10. We got it inspected again. They passed it and we sold it. Thank goodness. That would have been a, that would have been a doozy. (laughs) Right. What's the best ever project you're most excited about right now? Awesome question. I actually am working on an app um, with a few colleagues, actually one of my partners. Um, And it's going to help flippers, rehabbers, consumers better get jobs done around their home and lawn. We actually call it house and lawn. Um, There are a few products out there like it. Nothing like this uh, or how quick it is. It's where you can literally open the app, take a video of let's say your flooding toilet and immediately it uploads on the app space with your description and some plumber gets a video almost like an instagram video you could say and they're able to make a bid on it or give you a call um so it's kind of like a craigslist meets instagram Uh, we're real excited about it and it's in its development stages right now best ever way you like to give back We like to give back gift baskets for every home we buy. So we buy a home, we do give a gift basket full of essentials um, that include food, provisions, socks, anything that a family would need. 
and we give that to through we give that through the charity of St. Jude's or any selected charity that the seller would like. So it's kind of cool. We give them the option to choose which charity they'd like it to go to, and um, that's how we give back. So kind of fun. And you went to Chile and did some some uh, some things over there and helped others and and became fluent in Spanish along the way as well. That's right. <laughs> Best ever quote. Best ever quote. People don't do what you expect; they do what you inspect. Oh wow, that's that's interesting. <laughs> uh, that is very interesting. That uh, doesn't seem very scalable to me, but I understand the philosophy behind it. How do you apply that in your life? Well, people aren't going to do what you expect them to do. That's why they do what you inspect. Uh, many times, if you have a project and your contractors working on the roof, uh, the patio, pavers, landscaping, and drywall, and you expect them to get the job done, then you're going to lose out. You need to inspect it. You need to be in there. You need to check up on it. You need to have your people go and drive by and see how they're doing. And I love that quote. It comes from my partner. Um, and I've adopted that one, and it's worked for me ever since. Well, Andrew, thank you so much for being on the show and sharing. Oh, you know what? We didn't, I didn't ask you how to get a hold of you. What's the best ever place to reach? What's the best ever place to reach you? You can reach me at my cell, 480-980-9022, my website, helpfulproperties.com, or you can even reach me on all social media. I'm on LinkedIn, Twitter, uh, Instagram, Facebook, and you can just send me a message and let me know how I can best reach you. All right. Well, best ever listeners, go reach out to him at helpfulproperties.com and go check out what he's up to. This has been a, uh, a conversation that I learned about FHA loans. And in particular, you can have two FHA loans and the two circumstances um, that allow that. One, if there's a drastic change in job location or two, a drastic change in your family count. And um, you'll still need to have 75% loan to value on the first one uh, should you uh, be able, you know, in order to be able to do the second one. But I did not know you could have two FHA loans. Um, and that's really, uh, really, um, shoot, something very surprising. I, I haven't heard that before. And then thanks for going through the, uh, you know, the points at closing on average and and then your your um, evaluation of different lenders and you know the difference between a kind of a national lender versus a private portfolio lender community bank so uh, thank you so much Andrew for being on the show hope you have a best ever week and best ever listeners I hope you have a best ever week as well and Andrew thank you so much for being on the show and best ever listeners don't forget uh, or instead of don't forget how about remember to subscribe to my show in iTunes that way we can have daily conversations and you can stay up to date with wonderful best ever guests like Andrew and we can keep adding value in your life uh, so until then we'll talk to you soon awesome thank you so much Joe hey you best ever listener do you want more then go to joefairless.com where you'll get tons of free videos templates and content to help you get deals done and remember to subscribe to the best ever show in iTunes so you can keep getting your daily dose of the best real estate investing advice ever.